Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Green Pole podcast. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hammond, and we have a very special guest with us uh, today to talk all things Fulham and a bit of football journalism and whatever else uh, he feels like sharing with us. I'm delighted to be joined by the doyen of British football writers, having been chief football correspondent of The Independent, The Sunday Telegraph, The Times, and then writing for the Evening Standard, our esteemed guest has written biographies of Sir Alex Ferguson, Herbert Chapman, and one of my favourite books, all about Sir Matt Busby. When he isn't watching his beloved Dundee, he now watches the Whites from his season ticket seat in the Johnny Haynes stand. I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Paddy Barkley. Hello, Paddy. How are you? Hi, Dan. Thank you very much uh, for that. I was uh, you've, you've left the greatest honour of my of my life to the to the end of that, which is to be in the Johnny Haynes upper section C, uh, surrounded by lovely Fulham fans. Uh, the same people have renewed for for the twenty twenty three four season, and uh, I don't know if we're going to have as much success as we did last season. But it's um, I'm, obviously I'm looking forward to it. I I love Marco Marco Ball. Uh, if you want to call it that, um, I love the style of play uh, that, that we're that we're playing. I, and, and when I say we, I admit, Dan, as I as I as I've told you in the past, Dundee is is you know if you open my heart, Dundee would be there rather than Fulham. But uh, um, if we did, if Dundee played Fulham in the Champions League final, okay, stop laughing. <laughs> if Dundee played Fulham in the Champions League final, I'd be supporting Dundee. But that apart... It's not uh, likely I'm, to happen at the moment, is it? It'd be a nice problem for you to have. Uh, well, you know, I'm seven, nearly 76 years of age and I might not live to see it happen. But I, you never know in oh, football. Indeed, indeed. But I do. I, I really do love going to Fulham and it's as much the experience. And I, it goes back a long, long way. And I hope we'll be able to talk about some of the experiences that I had in the past, you know, Please going do, to... Yeah, that's the first question we normally ask someone who's yeah, guest okay. is how you became a Fulham fan. And given that you're retired, yeah. you can confess... Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, obviously, when I was... I worked for 40 years as a football writer. And during that time, despite what fans say, um, you know, you do... You are kind of... You might have a club. And, I mean, I could give the club allegiances of lots of the... Famous, you know, the well-known football writers, you know, Martin Samuel, it's well-known. Let's, Let's not do that. Carry on. That he's a West Ham fan <laughs> and so on. But you do also, it's part of your training not to be biased. And I, I wasn't, I might, you know, but but I was, I always had a soft spot for Fulham and I used to think it would be very, very nice um, after I retired to, to, to develop a, a, a fondness for a club. And how lucky was I to live just three less than two miles up the river? If I, I live in Barnes and I, if I walk through the Barnes Elm fields, I get onto the Thames and I turn right. And this is only twenty minutes from my house. I turn right and I can I can remember watching the New Riverside stand going up, you know, and the thrill of seeing it take shape and so on. Uh, so it's it's it, how lucky was I that I that, that I was able to support my local club, and it was Fulham. Um, and I'd always loved the the club before. I, 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 you know, you you develop a, a, an affection for lots of clubs. You know, I mean, you know, at various times I liked Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, and there's the style of football and and so on. And you develop 
feelings for clubs at various clubs at various times. But Fulham was always special, but partly because of the walk. The, the, you're walking through, this might sound a wee bit snobbish, but you're, you're walking through an, a big crowd of nice people, you know? And uh, I remember it was last, last season, uh, there was, I can't remember what the game was, but there were two, I left the Stevenage Road stand early. I, I don't know why, I had to leave five minutes before the end of the game. Never do that, Paddy, never do that. No, no, and and we'd lost, uh, and a, a visiting fan, it was only, you know, you could see them, a visiting fan said something to a Fulham fan, and the Fulham fan was just in no mood. He was a young lad and muscular and all that. And, and, and anyway, it was all about to kick off, and I grabbed hold of the Fulham. <laughs> Honestly, if I'd thought about this, I would never have done it. I grabbed hold of the Fulham guy, and I said, don't let our club down. And he, he sort of relaxed and he, he walked on. He still shouted naughty words after the other guy, but he did understand, you know, we're full and we're better than that, you know. And uh, so the punch up never took place. But um I want you to defuse a fight, Paddy, rather than well, <laughs> normally I start them, I know. Oh. But uh the, it was just that I didn't feel I I, I didn't think it was Fulham Fulhamish, Fulham-esque. Um to uh you know, to have a punch up just because you'd lost, you know, or to be, or to allow yourself to be wound up by a, an opposing fan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just something about the feeling of the the and and the people around me. That's why I mentioned them earlier. They're just lovely people right in front of me. There's a family. Uh, the, the the man and the the mom and dad must be around early to mid forties. If if they're listening to this and they're thirty nine, I do apologise. You know. But they're Australian. They're yeah. Australian and they're lovely people. The woman's very pretty and the guy's very friendly. And um and the two the two kids, a boy and a girl, and they're both beautiful kids, very, very well mannered and so on. And that that's what you get at Fulham. You get you get lovely people, you know, and then there's a few uh a few mischievous lads behind me. Um who uh, at the end of the season, you know, they handed out those um, oh, sort of okay. scarfy type things, and we put them around our heads and and uh, like bandanas and and acted like the Fulham ultras, you know, up in the not in homage to Stuart Broad. Obviously, it was a bit too previous for that. Um, what was that? Not yeah. in homage to Stuart Broad. It was a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, yeah. It was. It, I, I think I think he was being homage to us, to be honest. But there we go. <laughs> uh, so it's just. It's just great fun. I'm just so happy uh, to be a Fulham fan to, um, and to, you know, be in that. And I love the ground. I do love the ground. Now, normally I like, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word? Symmetry in a ground. I like, you know, grounds to sort of make sense. But Fulham's does. Although there's the world of difference between the new Riverside stand and the ultra-traditional uh, Stevenage Road, I think they go together beautifully. And it's got this link there with Archibald Leach as well, isn't there? Yeah, well, D- Dundee stand was built by Archibald Leach's company as well, but of course Archibald Leach built built so many. But I think Fulham was one of his masterpieces, um, and and of course the cottage. You know, there's so much to like about the club. Um, but I do remember, you know, talking about it, it being a nice club. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Back in the days, I think Mickey Adams would have been the manager, and I lived in Greswell Street. I shared a, a house with uh, 
my girlfriend at that time and a couple of her friends in Creswell Street, which is now Alphabet Streets, which is, you know, go 90 degrees to Stevenage Road away from the ground. And anyway, we're, we were in Creswell and one of the girls who was in the house, she had no interest in football, but she says, look, there's this floodlights of Craven Cottage. I'm going to support Fulham. And now the crowds were only about three, 4,000 in those days. But she she was, you know, she, she bought a season ticket or, or, or whatever, which was quite easy to get in those days. And uh, anyway, she had a friend who said, I know the players. There was an Easter Monday game. Can't remember who it was against. And anyway, she went to the, to the game and this guy, this friend of hers, worked in television and claimed to know the player. He was a Fulham fan. What's his name? Phil, Phil something. Oh, don't out him. Don't out him. I know exactly who you mean, but let's not out him on this podcast. Carry on. All right. Yeah, yeah. But a nice, nice, lovely lad and genuine Fulham fan. And he said he knew the player. Anyway, we thought, yeah, yeah, sure, you know the player. And so we said to him, look, if you know the players, just tell them after the game, we're having a barbecue in the in, in the back garden. If they want to come along, you know, please, please do. Thinking, yeah, sure, it's not going to happen. Anyway, we're, we're at the barbecue. Most of the food was gone. Most of the beer was gone. And there's a knock on the door. So I thought, oh, I wonder who that can be. Open the door. And there's Glenn Cockrell with a baby carriage and his wife. Um, trying to think who the other uh, Simon was there. Oh, Simon Morgan, the great Simon Morgan. And uh, Robbie Herrera, and some of them with their wives, and, and a couple with, with children. And so, of course, I had to pretend that, the, that I wasn't panicking. I said, oh, boys, come in, come in. And uh, anyway, they came in. Within two seconds, they'd sussed that there wasn't really enough food to go around because we, had, we hadn't budgeted for them coming, and there wasn't quite enough beer really to last very long. Within no time at all, Glenn Cockrell had gone out, gone in, grabbed a couple of the other players, and he had a, you know, a, a, you know, converted a, a, a station wagon, you know, a, 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 you know, one of these big cars. They went up to the off license on the Fulham uh, Palace Road, a big, uh, there was an off, a Threshers or something up there, and they came back with two crates of beer, and. Loads of bags of crisps to keep the kids happy and all that. And I thought that was so sweet, you know, that they very quickly worked out, we're embarrassing these people. And I thought, you know, that, that was part of my love for football, actually. Well, those what players. You're telling me, Paddy, there is you're responsible for that wonderful run after Easter Monday where Fulham won about 10 games in a row to clinch the. Uh, Pinched a promotion from the third. Well, I like to I like to think the players bonded over their their beer, <laughs> not mine, <laughs> plus plus a couple of burgers that we had left um, over that afternoon. Yeah, but uh, they're a great a great bunch of lads, and I thought once again, you know, footballers are are often thought of as uh, you know a little bit selfish, and you know what what can I get out of this, you know, and all that. And they just wanted to give. They just wanted to make the party go with the swing. And uh, I'll never forget that, you know. And uh, you'll remember Glenn Cockrell. You know, he was the captain Absolutely, at the time. Yeah. Broke Mickey leg. Adams' leg very famously. Ended his career. What was that? He broke Mickey Adams' leg very famously and ended his career. 
Yeah, it was quite a thing to for Mickey to bring in Glenn Cockrell into that yeah. team. Yeah, I'd just yeah. like to move it on um, yeah. slightly because we we've only got you for a short period of time, and you could tell plenty of these stories. Yeah, um, this week we launched the Fulbrook Fund in honour of our great friend and much missed um, Fulham fanatic Danny Fulbrook. Uh-huh. Um, and we could fill a whole podcast with stories about Danny. Um, and, we, and we will. And we will. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about how you came to know Danny and what he was like for those of us? For yeah, well, get, Danny was a... Danny was a cheeky chappy. You'll, you, you know, people who younger people will have seen photographs of him because, largely through the, the work of you and Fulham fans who know how much the club meant to Danny of the Daily Star. I think most of them, I remember him as the as the Daily Star's voice of football. And in fact, he's it was he's called Fearless, wasn't he? Frank and Fearless, that, yes, indeed. Frank and Fearless. That was the name of his column, and and uh, he was like that, but. He was. Um, he had a lovely sort of boyish face, as as people will know from seeing the photographs that you put out of him. He had. I, I remember that boyishness, and uh, and he was also um, incredibly fond of. He had one son, who unfortunately was only I think around twelve. Dan, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. When Danny died, and uh, but he was he was just such a popular guy. No side to him at all. Uh, good journalist, I'll, that goes without saying. Um, but uh, also, he's just a lovely bloke. And I think the thing I'll, I'll always remember when I think of Danny is dancing with him. Dancing, <laughs> really? Come on, you got to dance. I, 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 I never dance. I never dance with anybody. But Danny was infectious, and we were in a, a bar in Turin, and. Uh, it was it was very very late after a after a match. I think it might have been Juventus away or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And we're in this bar in Turin, and uh, there was music playing. And on came a song called "Dead Flowers," uh, re- originally Rolling Stones. So this Steve Earle did an even better version of it. Not the uh, full Steve, Steve Earle, the actual musician Steve Earle. If I might say. Oh yeah, no, no, the, Steve Allen, the Dukes, you know, the boy yeah, yeah, from, yeah, from the United yeah. States, and uh, it came out, and uh, the Rolling Stones version, and Danny started dancing, and he called me up, and so we, we danced together to that song. I won't dance with anybody, but that's what that that's what Danny made you do, and um, so we danced for that song. He, he I, I, I think he said, "Excuse me," at the end of it because my dancing was terrible, but. Uh, dad, dad, granddad dancing probably, but um, no, that, that's what I remember. He just had this infectious personality, and you couldn't, you, you always found yourself smiling when you were with Danny Fulbrook. And I'm so glad, uh, sorry, just to take a moment, the, the, the way that you come at, keep his name alive and you keep his love for Fulham alive um, is is something that not only the journalist family, if, if you like, but I think the Fulbrook family. Uh, who are lovely people, by the way, really appreciate and and it's something special. Yeah, and I I feel he was very loyal to his fellow journalists. He was very yeah. um, he's responsible really for my career into sports writing and encouraging the very website that that produced this podcast. Um, so we're very keen to encourage other working class voices into into football journalism. 
um, mm. because it's not easy. It may be a little no. bit easier with the internet to get your stuff to to get yourself going, but um, you know we're very committed to try and do that, and very grateful um, for your help, Paddy. Um, yeah, and- I, I'd just like to mention. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in more detail on other sort of platforms, and uh, but it, it's very important. The Football Writers Association, of which I'm a member, has expanded, as you well know, uh, has expanded the membership. Um, I think fivefold over the last few years, and part of this is that we're so keen to we've created a new category of membership, um, which is much it's five pounds a year, uh, precisely for young people uh, who are you know making their carving their own careers to give them a help so that they, if they can go directly to their favourite you know established journalist and get. You know, mentorship's probably too pompous a word, but they can That's they can exactly ask any question they want. It's exactly it. And we must credit um Philippe O'Claire, Carrie Brown and and John Cross um for taking yeah. this forward uh, with the FWA. Please to anyone who uh, I think I'm still a member of the FWA, even though I haven't written anything paid publication wise for a long, long time. Um uh please you're too good a writer to be a, a, a to be a member of the Football Writers Association. <laughs> Uh, I'll take that from you, Paddy. That's that's very yeah. kind. Um, yeah. and, classy and, stuff. And just before we, uh, we we wrap up, let's have a chat about Fulham. You mentioned it, Marco Silva. He's getting into that Jean Tigana, Roy Hodgson uh, level already. Slavisa Kanovic level of you know really terrific Fulham managers yes. um, on the basis of not only last season but the season before the style of football. Um, that we played and you referenced mm. how exciting it is to watch even if some of the the, the commitment to playing out from the back might induce a heart attack okay. it, does, it does in my part of the ground uh, from the lads behind me but I'll never criticise teams for that and I, I I think it's part of the way uh, that Fulham play I, I love I love the the way Tim Ream uh, you, you know, plays out from the back. He's becoming more like Franz Beckenbauer with every year that passes. I hope I'm not jinxing. I hope he's as good in 23, 24 as he was in 22, 23 when he was just magnificent. It was a joy just to watch him. Um, so I love the style of football and I love, um, you know, but I love Tom Kearney. I love Tom Kearney. He just, you know, when when he leaves Fulham, it'll be like the Ravens leaving the Tower of London for me. You know, he just sums up everything I love about football. And uh, I thought maybe you'd become a Fulham fan because you were so mesmerised by Tom Kearney's left foot that you couldn't go another week without seeing it again. Yes. No truth to that. That's part of the reason, though. I mean, I hope you don't think I'm being disloyal by saying I, 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 another player that I just drooled over um, is a Fulham, I I think he's a Fulham fan, but he doesn't play for Fulham anymore. It's Fabio Carvalho. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I believed when I watched it while I was watching him that we were watching one of the great, the world's great number tens of the future, and I still hope that comes true. I would love it to come true back at Craven Cottage, but it you never possibly know. happen. Yeah, it could oh, happen. Never, stranger things have happened because I I do think he's got a genuine. Uh, well, you'll know him better than me, but you can tell from his interviews when he was at Fulham that he had a genuine love of the club so you never know you never know but I mean I could I could go on about loads of the players you know I, 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 I've been watching Anthony Robinson make mugs 
uh, last season of all of those of us who said, yes, he's a wonderful player at championship level, but can he do it at the top level? And of course, he, you know, becomes one of the most feared left, uh, marauding left backs in the in the Premier League. So there, there are a lot, I could go on about every single dip. Bernd Lino, don't get me started. What a wonderful signing he was. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's good. I just uh, I just hope we can get somewhere near uh, as good as we, we were last season when, when it was just like living a dream, wasn't it? And while I've got you, the two new signings that are confirmed as we're... T- the two new signings that are confirmed as we're talking, Paddy. Yeah. Um, Calvin Bassey, you'd have seen a bit of Calvin Bassey in Scotland. In Scotland, yeah. And Raul Jimenez. Um, obviously, you'd have seen a bit of Raul Jimenez at major tournaments and, and, and scoring goals for, for Mexico. How, how yeah. do you feel those two will fit into Silver's style of play? Well, good good signings. I mean, I, I, I didn't see, I've seen more of, of Jimenez more than I have of Bassi, but Bassi has a, a reputation of being a good egg, you know, a player who get, will get better because he's still only 20, 24. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, so he's a player that's that's improved and improved and improved and will keep improving. From, from everything you hear about him, you know, he wants to get better and will. So that, I think that's a good signing. But Jimenez, I'm going to start drooling again. I he to me is one of the the you know the all round centre forwards. I mean, Mitro's done so much for us. We've chanted his name. We've almost cried with pleasure at his goals. Um, I think what he did at Old Trafford was 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 poor, and uh, I, I, to that extent, I'm not too bothered. Uh, the future is I know Jimenez is old, or is no a spring chicken, but he's my idea of a centre forward. Brings people into the game. I think he'll be very good for Harry Wilson. I think he'll be because well, Harry wants to get in the box, wants to score goals, wants to do assists, and I think he'll be great at it. I think he's one of the best centre-forwards in the country and has been for several years at knitting other players into the game, which, although Mitro at times was good at that, he's not in this boy's class in terms of bringing the others into the game. That's fantastic because that could that could generate goals from around uh, the rest of the team as well. Yes, they, that's what... Because he's not going to score at Mitro levels, no. But yeah. he's going to... It, the, as long as the team does, who cares who scores them? Absolutely. Right. Spoken like one of those old managers you used to interview. Um, let me just finish by asking you, Paddy, to tell us a little bit about where we can catch up, where we can catch up with you now that you're not writing so regularly. You do a wonderful podcast, Football Ruined My Life, um, yeah. With, yeah. With, with two of your old muckers. Uh, it's uh, Colin Schindler and, Col- and, Colin Schindler and John, John Holmes, Holmes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm just gearing up for the second season uh, yeah. of that podcast with, with a couple of potentially Fulham-linked guests, if I'm not um, spoiling anything. Yes. You, well, I, 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 we've got one sensational Fulham. Uh, the, the first one I'd like to mention is uh, David Hamilton, who uh, you know is just sort of like part of the Fulham furniture and has been for, for many, many years. In fact, he's almost... Uh, he, don't tell him I said this. He's almost a wonderful piece of antique furniture at Fulham. Uh, he's been there for so long, but but a great, great man. And uh, I'll keep you and, you know, your um, people uh, involved. Uh, 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 you, you know, you'll be able to 
mention when his episode comes out. We haven't recorded it at the time of speaking, but we are going to speak, be speaking to him very, very soon. And I cannot wait for him to uh, appear on Football Ruined My Life because, you know, we encourage whoever it is to talk about their love. And in fact, I've still I've got his email where he says, yes, I'd love to do your podcast. And he says, particularly if you let me talk about Fulham, I said, well, you know, that's why you, that's why we want you. Um, so uh, it should be good. And I'll, as I say, I'll keep you in touch with that. And that, it's brilliant. Football ruined my life. As a, as a friend of mine uh, has written about that, that podcast, encouraging me to listen to it. He says it's like finding a wonderful new pub, walking in and finding three of your favourite figures in football sat by the fire having a chat about how it used to be. Yeah, and that's... That's it's what we try to do. I mean, that's brilliant that he said that, or he or yeah. she said that. Yeah, it's, it's a fellow, uh, fellow Fulham fan called Martin, who uh, who's very excited really? to listen to this, and and is a regular listener to uh, to Football Room My Life, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. And also, um, you do some writing in other places. You've got a book. You've got a new book out as well. Can yeah. we give a Can we give a plug to uh, to 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 your, to nah, your book not, book not really. They can plug it themselves. It's it's. I, I did a chapter for a, a a book called Grit, Humor, and Rigor, which is a. It's just a, It's a 25th anniversary book of, for a huge company called Ineos, which is in the process as we speak of trying to buy Manchester United. Um, if you'll pardon the language. Um, and uh, uh, I wrote a chapter about their involvement in sport, but. Um, no, I. Uh, my, well, I've shoehorned my... it in, Paddy, simply to for you to tell us about how you met Fulham's Wembley hero Joe Bryan. Can you finish with that story? Oh, uh, that now this is. Oh, I wish I'd brought the shirt, but anyway, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. But I, during my researches at, 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 for the Ineos book, um, one of the uh, you know one of their sporting interests, quite apart from you know Formula One and the America's Cup and all that is OGC Nice. And of course, when I found out that I was going to OGC Nice it, to interview Aaron Ramsey, actually, because he was the player put up for interview for me for the book. And, uh, but I sent a message that actually, with all due respect to Aaron Ramsey, um, I uh, the person I really wanted to speak to was Joe Bryan, because I admired him, uh, his attacking fullback, well, attacking and defending as a left-back for Fulham. And uh, anyway, I, I go in and I'm introduced to various people at the training ground and suddenly in comes Joe. Not only did he greet me like a, I've never met him before, but he, he greeted me like a long-lost friend because I was part of the Fulham family. Uh, but he'd got um, an OGC Nice shirt and I wish I'd brought it today with Brian on the back and he presented it to me. I have to say that not being an athlete, I found it quite difficult to get into, <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh, it will certainly be framed. Um, and uh, uh, it was just great meeting him, a fascinating man, very interesting, able to talk about many issues about football and beyond. Um, and I, I, I must say, I'm sure you know him, very impressive young man, and uh, I wish him nothing but su uh, success in the uh, the years that remain of his career. 
Did he tell you how he bent that free kick past David Raya? Did that come up or? Listen, I, I, he, he, he probably knows, but he's probably keeping it a secret in case, <laughs> in case he gets a chance to do it again. Well, look, Paddy, it's been such a pleasure uh, talking to you today. Um, thanks so much for being our guest. I know we'll have you back. And one of your other claims to fame Please. is that one of your early apprentices was a certain Henry Winter, who's also agreed That's to. True. He's also agreed to be part of the Fulbrook Fund and, and mentoring some some young journalists. So thank you yeah. um, on behalf of Hammy End for, for for doing that, on behalf of Danny, who, who we miss greatly, um, and obviously on behalf of all the Fulham family for, for sharing such wonderful stories. Um, thanks so much for, for being with us today. Privilege, Dan. Thank you. And uh, a massive pleasure to speak to, to Paddy Barkley. I hope you all enjoy this. And come on, you whites.